Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at rockc3.com or head over to your app store and search Rock C3 for our app. This week, Pastor Josh Finkley brings us the third week of our series called Open All Doors. Enjoy the message. We're going to talk about what it means to actually have the door opened. Because that's what it's all about, is opening all doors. And you might be new with us, and if you happen to be new with us, I just want you to know that that we're in this series called Open All Doors. And the idea is that we open all doors for Jesus, that we're opening all doors to be in a relationship with Jesus. But then in addition to that, we're opening all doors uh, to share Jesus personally with others. And uh, may, maybe you're here and you don't have faith. I hope that today is a day that, that you will say, I want to open a door to Jesus. If you have faith, then my prayer is today that you will say, I am ready to help open doors and to share my faith personally with others. And, and I shared this last week that the, the key to opening all doors is to make it a matter of prayer. All right, so if you were here last week, you'll remember that. I want you to hold on to that. If you weren't with us last week, then, then just go ahead and catch that now. The key to opening up all doors is prayer. But it's not the only key. There's actually three keys that, that I want to present to you, all right? The second one is today. The third one will be next week. And, and to me, the second key uh, to opening all doors is to make it a priority, that we have to make it a matter of prayer to open all doors uh, for a personal relationship with Jesus and to connect others personally to Jesus. We have to make it a matter of prayer, but we also have to make it a priority. And the whole idea with priority is it's as something is, is a priority when it comes prior to everything else in your life, right? Like, like there's things in our life that we will put prior And what I want to encourage us to do today is to put a relationship with Jesus prior to everything else in our life. Amen? John's with me. A few of you are with me on that one, right? That that Jesus should come prior to everything else. And in addition to that, if Jesus is going to come prior, then following his commandments should also come prior to everything else. And he commanded us, he told us to go and love people and make disciples. So opening the door for others, that should be a priority as well. So, so, so I want us to do that. Now, to, for us to make it a priority, I think that we're going to have to learn from some others. Um, because some people are really good at this. Um, you know, somebody who's really good at making, um, sharing their faith a priority is Mormons. Like, if you think about the Mormon faith, they, like, they make that a priority. Uh, there's other people that do as well. Vegans. <laughs> right? Like, vegans, they love to tell people uh, about, you know, their beliefs and, and the reason they're vegan. And, and then somebody else who does all the time is CrossFitters. Right? 
Like, like you with me? Oh, yeah, some of you are with me. And I know here we got F3 as well. But, but if you're in F3 or CrossFit, you love to tell people about your box. Am I right? Like, like CrossFitters in the house, you going you to admit it right now? You know, like, maybe you've heard this joke. Uh, a Mormon, a vegan, and someone who does CrossFit go into a bar. How do you know? They tell you. They tell you within five minutes, they're going to tell you, oh, hey, uh, if you didn't know, I'm a Mormon, or, or hey, if you didn't know, I'm vegan, or, or hey, if you didn't know, I, I do CrossFit. And again, when it comes to CrossFit, they'll do everything they can to tell you about the box that they are a part of. Am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. I'm right. When was the last time you told somebody about the box that you worship in? Okay, you know what I'm saying? Because that's all this is. This is just a box. And, and we work out in this box. But the kind of workout we do in this box is that we worship and we connect with God. And I want us to make this a priority of connecting people to Jesus. Well, how do you do that? You follow the words of Paul from Colossians. This whole series is born out of five verses in the book of Colossians. Uh, five verses that, that Paul shared with others on how to reach those who don't have a relationship with Christ. And last week we talked about Colossians 4, verse 2, 3, and 4, because he said you got to make it a matter of prayer. And today we're going to talk about verse 5. And in verse 5, he makes it real simple, all right? In verse 5, uh, he, it's just the only verse we're going to look at today, but this is what it says. He says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And I want us to pick this verse apart. Like I said, it's the only verse we're really going to hit today. I'll share a couple other verses to help illustrate this. But this is our verse, that, that we need to be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. And first, before I can even talk about being wise and acting, we got to deal with this term, outsiders. Not a term I like to use very often, all right? I don't want to call somebody uh, who's not part of the church or, more importantly, not part of the faith. I don't want to call somebody an outsider. But the bottom line is, that is what Paul was trying to say. He was saying there are those who are outside of faith. And what Paul was encouraging is we need anybody who's outside to know that they can be inside. We need those who feel like outsiders. We want them to become an insider, that we want them to share the faith with us. And what he said 2,000 years ago still applies today, that there are people that feel like outsiders. And when I was preparing this message, I really wrestled, why do people feel like outsiders? And I think one reason people would say that they're an outsider is because they would look at the church and they would simply say, the church is weird. And the church is weird. Okay, like we need to admit that right now. Uh, for those of you who come to church all the time, you need to understand it's weird. Like in a little bit, I'm going to tell you uh, at the end of the message to come forward and to drink the blood of Jesus and eat his flesh. That's weird. If you're new to church right now, you're sitting there going, I'm out. 
when that part of the service hits, I'm gone, right? Because that sounds weird. Now, what we're talking about is there's some bread and there's some juice, and, and we use it just to remind us of how Jesus died on the cross, and, and he poured out his blood, and his flesh was broke for us, all right? But if you don't understand that about communion, you'll hear that and go, well, that's just weird. Or the way I talk is weird. Hey. Erica, careful. I didn't mean like my grammar. I didn't mean my accent. I meant, although that is weird. Um, but what I meant was, sometimes I say Jesus and that Jesus is the son of God. And then other times I say Jesus is God. Sometimes I say, dear father, like I'm praying, and the next word I say is Jesus. And, and you might go, okay, well, time out. Is Jesus the son of God or God? Yes. Yes. But I know that's difficult. So again, those of you laughing, you get it because you, you're on the inside. But for those who don't really understand, they're like, that's just weird. And then let's just admit this. Some of you are weird. Right? Right? We got region for that, right? You know what I mean? Like, 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 like some of you are weird, and, and, and I am as well. I know that. So, so there's some people who will say, well, I'm going to stay outside the church because the church is just weird. Or some people say, I'm going to stay outside of the church because, well, the church is just, it's scary. Like, I don't know what goes on in there. And because of that, I don't think I want to go. Or you've probably heard people tell you this. If I go into a church building, the roof is going to cave in, right? Like, so I'm afraid to come to church. Or some people feel like outsiders because they've been hurt by the church. Anybody ever been hurt by church? Let's admit it. We make mistakes. We don't always do things right. I can say that about me personally, that, that you know, I don't always do things right. Sometimes I sin and, and that's not right. And other times just as a pastor, I don't do everything right. Like that became very obvious to me on Friday. Uh, I was uh, merging from 544 on a 501 and I was driving to church. And if you don't know what I drive, I drive a, a black truck with a big rock logo on it and, and a license plate that says the rock, all right? It says Rock C3. And as I'm driving down the road, I'm in the left lane and, and all of a sudden, and I'm going about the same speed I always go, which is a little bit more than the speed limit. Sorry, we can talk about sin later. Um, but <laughs> so I know I'm not driving slow, but all of a sudden a car goes flying by me on the side. All right. And then the window starts to roll down and I think, oh, maybe it's a church member saying hello. And they said hello, but they did it with a middle finger. Like literally, like just stuck her finger out the window, driving down the road, just flipping me the bird. All right. I have no reason. Like, I don't know why. Like, I'm like, did I, did I not merge right? I, I don't know. And so, so I keep my speed. I, I wouldn't speed up to try to see what was going on. I kept my speed, but eventually she, she slowed down. And now her window's up. But as I'm passing her, she's just driving like this. And I'm like, what, what have I done? Like, I, I don't think I cut her off. And then I started thinking, I bet she was at church Thursday night when I made fun of vegans. <laughs> and I told a joke that I'm not telling today. <laughs> that might be it. I don't, I, I don't know. But maybe I just cut her off. Maybe, maybe that's it and I didn't realize it. Or maybe there's something... I've done or our church has done in the past that I just have no knowledge of. I don't know. And that breaks my heart. 
Because I, I don't want anybody to feel that way towards me. I don't want anybody to feel that way towards the church. But we know what happens. I was sharing this message with uh, Timmy, who's one of our pastors on staff, and and he reminded me of the first time that he kind of really went to church is as a teenager. And he was living a life of a hellion at the, t- at the moment, you know, wasn't following God, but got invited to a Christmas program. So he went with his blue jeans on. He had his blue jeans and cowboy boots and a button-up shirt. And if you know Timmy, that's dressing up for Timmy, okay? But as he was leaving, the, the preacher looked at him and said, I'm, I'm glad you're here tonight, but don't ever come back to this church wearing blue jeans. We wear our Sunday best around here. And to that, Timmy said, you don't have to ever worry about me coming back to this church. And he didn't. And unfortunately, Timmy continued down a life of sin until the Lord grabbed a hold of his heart. Maybe the Lord could have grabbed a hold of his heart earlier if he wouldn't have been treated like an outsider, but was actually invited to come inside. Because God doesn't care about our Sunday best. God doesn't care. Church and Christianity is not about your best. It's about his best and what he offers to our brokenness. That's what it's about. And if we don't come to understand that, people will always be outsiders. And they'll find community. They'll find their sense of belonging someplace else. They'll find it in a CrossFit box. They'll find it at the sorority. They'll find it at the fraternity. They'll find it at the club. They'll, they'll find it at their gym. They'll find it at a, at a bar. I think about Toby Keith's song. Maybe you've heard it. I love this bar, okay? Uh, again, in preparation of this message, I came to find out that song was originally written by some Nashville songwriters, and the lyric was, I love this church. But as they started looking at the verses saying, we have winners and losers and hustlers and smokers and drunks, they started going, no church has those things. I think it's time for the church to have people that need Jesus best, not their best. That's what I think. And that's only going to happen. It's only going to happen when the doors are open and we say outsiders come inside, not so that you can be your best, but so you can receive the best of God. And as you receive the best of God, here's what's going to happen. You're going to start to belong, which then allows you to put your belief in God. And then as you put your belief in God, then we can become more like Christ. That's what it is about. It's about becoming like Jesus. It's what I want for me. It's what I want for you. It's what I want for all of us to become more like Jesus. That's only going to happen, though, when we start making not just outsiders a priority, but God a priority in our life. So, so we make God a priority, and by doing that, we're making outsiders a priority because we're saying we're going to become more like him, which is going to help us to act more like him and reach those who are outside. And that's what we see if we go back to the verse, all right? It says, be wise in the way you act. Well, it doesn't say the way they act. It doesn't say the way outsiders act. It says the way that we act, that we need to be wise. We need to be smart. We need to actually take into consideration how we are acting towards outsiders, And the way we should be acting towards outsiders is more like Jesus. 
And the only way we're going to be more like Jesus, the only way we're going to become like Jesus is if we live like Jesus and love like Jesus. We, we can act different. We can act a certain way towards outsiders by living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. And we see that if we turn to some of the words of Christ. Jesus, um, what happened is on the night that he was going to be betrayed, he, he washed the disciples' feet, and then he, he uh, went out into the garden, and, and he started sharing a message with them. And as he was sharing a message, he's in this garden, and he says this. He says, I'm the vine. We'll see it. It's John 15. These are the words of Christ. He says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. That Jesus is saying, if you will make me your priority, like, like my relationship with you, if you will find yourself in me, then your life is going to produce fruit. That your life is going to help others, is going to be a reflection of God, is going to help other people come to know God. You're going to produce fruit. But, but look at the next line. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That outside of my relationship with Christ, I can't do anything. Like if I try to open up doors on my own accord, if I try to help other people know Jesus, if I try to, to act right on my own, I will fail every time. Because the only way I can become more like Jesus is Jesus living inside of me, where I am no longer an outsider, but I'm an insider because the Holy Spirit is in me and the Holy Spirit is working in me. And that can happen for you as well. So that's why we have to abide in Christ. We live different by abiding in Christ and then loving like Christ. Next verse reads this way. This is just a couple verses later. Jesus said this. He said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. He says, love each other the way that I have loved you. And there's no greater love than to lay down one's life. Be wise in the way that you act by loving like Jesus. And, and understand in the midst of that, loving like Jesus means I have to be willing to lay down my life because that's what he did for us. That, that Jesus came to this earth that he went to a cross and he laid down his life. Like these guys would have seen him doing that within 24 hours. So it would have been locked into their brain. And then they would have been going, listen, he told us to love in the same way. Now we need to go lay down our life. And I think most of us would say yes to that. Most of us in this room would say, if I need to lay down my, lay down my life for my wife, I'll do it. If I need to lay down my life for my kids, I'll do it. I think most of us in the room would be like, yes, I'm in. All right? But let's take it from this angle. Not just in the physical, like, I'm truly going to die. I'm going to take a bullet for them. What about just in the daily living? 
and saying, I'm going to serve them. I'm going to put their needs above my needs. Will I do that for my wife? Will I do that for my kids? And again, I think most of us, at least mentally, will say, yes, I want to do that. But how about this? Will you lay down your life for those who are outsiders? See, that puts a different spin on it. I mean, for the people I love, yes. But what about for the people I don't know? I don't know. What about for the people I don't like? I don't think so. What about for the people who hate me? Doubt it. Yet, that's what Paul is telling us to do in this verse. He's saying, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders, which means I've got to put their needs above my needs. When I want to be angry at somebody, I've got to pull that back. That when I want to react, I got to figure out a different way to respond. That, that I've got to look at myself and say, I'm laying down my needs and my desires because I want to think about the way I'm going to act towards an outsider because what I want to do in this moment is make the most of the opportunity. And, and that's where I go back to the verse. That if we're going to make it a priority, then we have to make outsiders a priority, but we also have to make opportunities the priority. And that's back to Colossians 4. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Not some opportunities, not an occasional opportunity, but every opportunity, I'm supposed to make the most of it. And then here's reality. We have opportunities in front of us all day long. Like people say, I don't, I don't have opportunities to share my faith. Yes, you do. I don't have opportunities to live for Jesus. Yes, you do. We all do. All day long. You have an opportunity at the gas station. You have an opportunity in the classroom. You have opportunities in your neighborhood. You have opportunities in your dorm room. You have opportunities at the office. You have opportunities in your family. All day long, there are opportunities galore in front of us. The question is, will we make the most of them? The question isn't, do I have opportunities? The question is, will I make the most of them? And I think, unfortunately, for most of us, that's where we fail. Is we just don't take advantage of it. We don't make the most of it. And I really wrestled with this in preparation of today going, why don't we? And I came up with all kinds of reasons, but I could boil it down to two. Because I could put them all inside of two. That we don't make the most of opportunities. And again, I'm talking to those who have faith right now, all right? For those of you who don't, I'll get, get to that in just a second. But for those of you who have faith, here's the reason I don't think we take advantage of the opportunity. One, we don't think it's important. That we don't think it's important. Like you might say, no, it is important. But the reason we miss the opportunity is because something else is more important in the moment. That, that I, don't, I don't take advantage of the opportunity at the gas station because really all I want to do is use my card reader and get my gas that way. I don't want to go in and talk to somebody. That's me. I'm in a hurry. I had one of my buddies, he, he convicted me. He said, quit using the card reader and go inside. That's not in the sermon notes, and I just said it out loud. 
Now I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit, thank you. Um, our Spanish translators in the back saying, that's not in the notes. <laughs> um, but we find something that's more important in the moment. Well, I, I'd love to have an opportunity and take advantage of this opportunity, but, but it's more important for me to get to that destination than to deal with this situation. Like, like I'm at school and I got to focus on, on getting to class. I got to focus on this assignment. I got to, yet there's a person right in front of me. I'm at work, and, and, and rather than taking the time uh, to talk with that person, I'm just going to deal with this, right? And, and I know I'm being vague right now, but, but you understand because you can think about your own life, that there are opportunities, but oftentimes we see things that are more important, or at least we place them in a more important role. So we don't do it because we don't feel like it's of the utmost importance. We also don't do it because it's not urgent, that, that we really go through life thinking this, there's always tomorrow. There's always the next day. And because there's the next day, there's tomorrow, there's the future, we don't tackle this issue with urgency. But if somebody's life and their soul is of the utmost importance, then shouldn't sharing our faith be of the utmost importance and the most urgent thing we could possibly do? That's what it should be. We just don't live that way. I think back to the book that I wrote, and I've encouraged you guys to read it. It really deals with this topic we're talking about. It's an older book. It came out several years ago. It's on the Rock app. It's a free download. You can just read it, all right? But the book is full of opportunities that I've had in life to share my faith. But just as many where I did make the most of it, it's countless stories where I didn't. There's a story in there about a lady named Amy, and I won't tell you her story. You can go read it. But the bottom line is with Amy, I missed an opportunity. I talk about my best friend, Bobby. Missed the opportunity. He's the first guy I ever shared my faith with, and he said, no thanks. And then I didn't ever come back to it. Didn't ever, I was like, oh, there's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. And then he died unexpectedly in a car accident. There's not always tomorrow. Urgency. How many times do we miss opportunities because of the urgent, because it's not important or it's not urgent? And that takes me back to, to Acts 16, the, the story that, that Tyler was talking about in the midst of worship. And as he was celebrating and, and as he's talking about Paul, I want you to make sure you understand it, that, that it was 12 o'clock at night and Paul's there. He's in prison. He's in chains. And all of a sudden the chains fall off his arms. The door flings open. There's an open door and Paul is free. Like he can leave. He can walk out. And the jailer, when he sees this, he falls on his knees, he grabs his sword, and he's getting ready to kill himself. It would have been so easy for Paul in the moment to, to just walk right by because I've got an important thing. I've got an opportunity. I'm gone. But what Paul said and saw was a jailer about to take his own life. And he said, don't. We're still here. We haven't left. We're not going anywhere. 
You would think Paul would be open door, my opportunity to escape. But what Paul said was an opportunity to preach Jesus. So he told the jailer about Jesus. And that night, the jailer and his whole family repented and took a step of baptism. That night, their lives were changed. So I challenge you. I challenge you in this moment. For those of you who have faith, make opportunities a priority. Look at the opportunity to, to, to go out on the boat. And, and don't hear me, don't, don't, don't hear me saying you can't go out on the boat. No, go out on the boat and take somebody with you that needs Jesus. When you get on the water, they've got no place to go. Go work out. Go do CrossFit. But while you're working out, look about, how can I use this opportunity to help somebody know that Jesus changes everything? Go to school. Go to work. Be a part of your neighborhood. Get invested in the community, but do it with the idea that God is putting a door right in front of me. And because that door is there and God has opened it, when he opens it, I'm going to walk through it because what I have to present about Jesus is of the utmost importance and of the utmost urgency. Because it's not just about saving somebody's soul for eternity. It's about helping somebody have life here on earth. So for those of you who have faith, my challenge is today that you'll look at opportunities and those who are outsiders and you'll, you'll make them a priority and you'll do something about it. I encourage you to grab one of these doors and allow it just to be wherever you need to put it in your life, on the dashboard or in your dorm, as a reminder. And maybe for you, Maybe you need to come up front today during our response time and write on the doors up front. There's Sharpies up there. And maybe you need to write somebody's name on the, on the door and you're saying, this is gonna be a priority in my life. And maybe you're gonna write your place of work on the door and say like, this is gonna be the priority in my life. Maybe you're gonna write that hobby of yours and say, this is gonna be a priority, not because I wanna just get better at my hobby, but because I wanna use it to reach those who are outsiders. That's what I'm gonna do. But while I say that, I also know this, that there's, I'm gonna say many, many of you here in the room, many watching online, that Jesus isn't the priority in your life yet. And, and Jesus isn't the priority in your life. And I can probably boil it down to the same two reasons, because you don't see him as important yet and you don't think it's an urgent matter. And what my prayer is for you today is that while we sing this song, that you'll come to a deeper understanding, that the Holy Spirit will convict your heart, and you'll make a decision today to say, Jesus, you're gonna be a priority in my life because you wanna personally connect with him. 
that you're going to say, Jesus, you're going to become the most important in my life. That it's not going to be about me. It's not going to be about how I can serve me. It's not going to be how do I surrender to me. It's going to be how do I surrender to you. Because I want you to be the most important. My prayer is that today you'll see it as an urgent matter. One, because we don't know how much time on this earth we have. I mean, goodness, we've heard so much about death this past week. From COVID to war to other reasons. We don't. Uh, none of us know. Life is a miss and appears for a while, so we don't know. But it's not just about that. I don't want you to, I'm not saying that as a fear factor thing. It's not that. It's there's so much life that Jesus can offer. Because he truly changes everything. When you invite him into your life and when you make him a priority. Now, if you haven't made him a priority, you might say, it hasn't changed much in me yet. It's because maybe you've come to a belief, but you haven't started becoming more like him. But if he'll truly be a priority, then he'll change everything. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week. Thank you.